Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Asking for a Friend podcast. It's an elder-led ministry of Believer's Baptist Church in Emory, Texas. My name is Duffy Henderson and I'm your host. The Asking for a Friend podcast exists as a weekly resource for the edification and the benefit of God's people. Here we hope to provide helpful, thoughtful, and most importantly, biblical material as we address everyday life questions and issues. So if you find this podcast helpful, please take a few moments to share it with someone that you think would also benefit from it. Thanks for listening in today, and may the Lord bless this episode in particular greatly to you as a means of grace for your spiritual growth and your benefit. Well, today, Jason and I are back in the saddle. Uh, We haven't been quite as regular, he and I, this, uh, this spring of 2023. It's been very busy at the church, lots of things going on. Kind of had a different focus on the podcast, as you, as the listener know, if you've listened to many of the episodes, we've had several different things, lots of variety on, but Jason and I are back for a really special episode today, and I'm looking forward to hearing about uh, what Jason's going to be bringing for us today, but uh, first of all, Jason, how are you this afternoon on this Monday? Doing great, Duffy. It's been a busy day. We've had a two-hour elder meeting. We had a one-hour staff meeting. Uh, so there's been a lot of planning and calendar um, considerations and uh, just dates and times that we've needed to be on the same page. We're, I'm going to be gone to Israel um, beginning May the 7th through the, no, that's May the 9th, I'm sorry, through the 17th. And Taking quite a few from the church, right? Yes, there's 17. A large group from the church going to Israel. Yes, so looking forward to that. So we're having to do a lot of planning and prep and we're moving into um, this week, which is a super um, celebratory week for the church. Yeah, and that's a good segue. If you've seen the episode title already, this is a very unique episode. It's not going to be theological. It's not going to be doctrinal or anything like that. We're celebrating this week a very neat time in the life of this church at Believer's Baptist Church. We are celebrating 25 years of God's faithfulness Mm -hmm. in Emory, Texas, to this congregation, uh, Believers Baptist Church, and it has a rich history, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Jason has in front of him uh, a printout of our church's history here over the last 25 years, and we're going to hear some of the highlights. Uh, Jason's going to really walk us through and just share some of the things. Now, most of you know this, but if you don't know this, Jason has been with Believers almost the whole time. 23 out of the 25 years Jason has been with this church as the pastor. He came on in 2000, if I'm not mistaken. That's right. And so um, not only is he sharing with us the history of the church, but he's experienced most of that as the senior pastor. So I'm looking forward to hearing from Jason today. So Jason, um, glad to hear hear from you on this episode. I'm looking forward to it. And why don't you take it away and just kind of share with us how God has been faithful to this community through this church. Well, praise the Lord for all that he has done, and really the credit, obviously, the glory, the honor uh, for what has been accomplished in and through the church is uh, because of who he is and what he has done. The church was um, founded in 1998. It began to meet in Jim and Tiny Jones's garage, a couple of the original members, and uh it was a, a very um, loose kind of gathering in which 
they would meet and sing and they would rotate Bible studies, different men who were involved with the group and there were different activities for the children to be involved in. And it was just more of a family atmosphere kind of event. And it was day long. And Jim and Tiny tell the story of having to literally turn out the lights so that everybody would go home and they could go to bed and get ready for yes. the, the work week the next morning. Yes. So Wonderful. it was a it was a, a really a unique time in the life of the church, and they f- voted in April of 1998 to form a church, to be legally formalize a, a congregation, and there was a, a man in the community. I don't know particularly all the connection, but somehow he was um, uh, able to uh, become the first pastor, bivocational pastor. His name was Brian Hutchinson, and uh, it was um, um, a growing congregation. Uh, Brian was um, very evangelistic. He was bivocational. Just a busy time in the life of the church and exciting days for the life of the church. Um, They began to meet in what is the AgriLife building currently, but then it was called the Heritage Center which was a building that you can rent for reunions and parties and special occasions and things like that. And we literally did church in a box. So um, that's what they were doing um, in June of 1998, that they started meeting there. Yeah, let me interject real quickly. I just had a conversation with Jim Jones uh, just this past week about this, kind of reminiscing, getting him to talk to me a little bit about this. He said they didn't ever really even have a plan to start the church. That was never, uh, that was not what was on Jim's radar. Right. Um, they had some issues with a, a previous uh, church experience, and they said, hey, let's let's gather a few families and let's just meet together and um, enjoy each other and uh, study the Word together. And that's kind of how that became about. Right. Um, it wasn't, I, hey, let's start a church. That's right. Yeah, I think it sort of snowballed on them, yeah. and, and they, yeah. they weren't really planning, but uh-huh. it just kind of happened um you know, providentially, providentially. That's right. Right. (laughs) So I actually came, um, in July of 2000. So they had been meeting in the heritage center there on highway 276 for a couple of years. And, um, again, they, they literally would set the church up every Sunday morning. So they would have to set up the sound system, set up the arrangement of the chairs, the pulpit, the, the keyboard, all those pieces that you would think about when you're trying to do a worship service in a building that's not your own. Um, uh, But they had purchased some land out uh, where the church currently sits now, and um, they had purchased 10 acres and weren't there paying off that that acreage. Um, It was um, an owner finance situation, Mary Jo Fothery was a great friend and encourager and supporter of the church. So she sold the church this 10 acres that we're sitting on now. And when I came in 2000, they were doing a weekend in which um, there was a day-long vacation Bible school that they were inviting the community to. And they had T-shirts and games and activities and food and all these different things. And so Stacy and I came for the first time really to a church event right here on the property, um, right at the back of where our current building sits right now. Well, so there was no building here, right? There's no building. Nothing here. Nothing. 
they had just recently bought the property. Right. So I think we were talking right before this. You remember, because I, I, I'm the newest guy on staff here, by the way. Yes, For yes. The, any listeners, if you've been listening for very long, I'm into my second year here. Jason is into his 24th year here, I think, if, if that's correct. 23rd, yes. 24th. Yeah. And so you remember, I don't have any recollection of this property being just a field or, you know. <laughs> so that was just a pasture. That is so neat. Yeah. You, know, you, you can even recall when there was nothing here. Yes. No slab poured, no concrete, no, no anything. So no, no. That was pretty neat. You know, the, that weekend, in fact, in, that I was just describing, um, what, the first Sunday that I preached for the church was um, back behind our current building uh, up on top of the hill where our dumpster sits now <laughs> we've come a long uh, way <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh but it was a special and unique time and and i really don't know the the amount of people that were there it was uh, a small crowd and um we had uh, uh determined to 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 do this outdoor service under this tent, and at the end of that service, we all knelt and prayed, and um, wow. it was a it was a special wow. That's cool. uh, way to begin my ministry here. Mm-hmm. Um, I had been at a church in which uh, I had been there for uh, nine and a half years, mm-hmm. and we were running two services at the time that I left, and God was really blessing there. There was no negative reason to leave, and there was some. Uh, reasons that that I wanted to leave just um, that I won't go into right now. We don't want to take all the time to do that. But but when I came here, uh, it was a new start. It was a fresh start. I mean, there was the 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 night that they called me. There was thirty five people here to vote. Wow! And that was in the Heritage Center. Wow! And um, so I preached that first sermon on the hill behind the building, and um, God just began to move there. We met in the Heritage Center for uh, several years as we would, we had all of our equipment stored in one place, and so we would have to go pick it up on a Sunday morning, haul it to the Heritage Center, set it all up. Mike German was the one who did a lot of that work. There was another gentleman by the name of Danny Beasley, and he did a lot of that work too. And I got involved just, just because I was helping with all the uh, logistics of setting it up. But, but Mike German, who is one of our deacons, has always been so faithful in that kind of ministry. I mean, he still comes on Sunday mornings and unlocks the doors. Mike German, is, I can testify to that. Yes. He's here on Sundays turning lights on, getting the coffee pot going, making sure classrooms, uh, temperatures in the rooms are set. He is faithful in that, that's he for is. sure. <laughs> and he's always been that way. That's awesome. Yes, he's got a servant's heart. And Mike um, would do a lot of that work for us, um, but, but different men rotated and participated in setting up the what we call Church in the Box. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was um, a, a unique time in the life of the church as God just began to add people and bless people and the church really stepped out in faith. I was the first full-time pastor. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yes. Okay. And um, um, for them to pay me the salary that I was making at the other church uh, was a big, huge step of faith for them. And um, they were willing to do that, and God honored it. And wow. blessed wow. as um, they were willing to do that. and. Um, financially, we were provided for. We were able to uh, move um, 
to a rental house here in town. Um, we eventually built a house here in town. Uh, and all through that time, God is blessing, and uh, we're, we're thinking about building. In 2001, we decided to start a campaign in which we would raise the money to, to build the building that, that we're currently in right now. Um, and uh, it was um, quite, a, quite a, again, quite a step of faith mm. um, for the congregation to do that. So whether it was buying 10 acres or whether it was paying my salary or whether it was building a new building, um, they, the church has always been willing to trust the Lord, and the Lord has always honored that. Mm. And uh, it has been um, at times um, just a, a, a wonderful thing to see uh, God bring extra finances wow. and the right people at the right time and the consistency in giving or tithing uh, special offerings so that the land was paid off before it was due. Um, the building was paid off before. We, the, the Lord just continued to add people and uh, continued to add the finances all the way through um, the history of the church. We, we moved into this facility in um, two thousand and four okay i believe that was the first time um that it was december of 2003 when we had our first service here and then in january of 2004 we had a community-wide um open house kind of service very very neat and uh it wasn't long before the original parking lot was too small and we had to do another second smaller parking lot but that accommodated uh the parking need that we had and we began to think about um, how the the church would um, um, govern itself, what kind of polity it would have, and we decided to go with an elder-led congregational uh, model, and uh, we had deacons, and so um, all of that is transitioning, and we're working through all these things through the years. As you're building a building, and... Well, know, actually, the building is built by oh, this time. By, by that point, mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. okay, cool. Yeah, so we're, we're working through all of these things, um, uh, church polity and um, those kinds of things okay. after we're in the after building. you'd gotten in the building. Mm -hmm. well, I'd like to press pause for a moment. Mm -hmm. You've got a really neat Bible over here mm -hmm. that I'd love for you to just speak a few minutes about. You were showing me the, showing me this right before we got on air. Right. Uh, tell tell our listeners what you have right in front of you here. <laughs> well, this is a, a Ryrie Study Bible. It wasn't really my first preaching Bible. Um, and certainly my first Bible to study. It's a, a New American Standard translation, um, but there's a lot of notes and just um, different uh, bulletins and uh, placeholders in the Bible, but it has the history of my life really written in it, and when my children were born, when Stacy and I were married, how long I stayed at each church, when I was ordained, when I was licensed, and of course it has the significant events of um, coming to believers, and for example, here is it written, first sermon for Believers Baptist Church, 7-23-2000. Wow. Um, first service in the new building at Believers Baptist Church, in twelve seven oh three. Very so, cool. yeah. <laughs> yeah, so he's got this Bible open, and on the front flap, there's just pen markings everywhere. It's 
Really nice print, by the way. I don't know who, if you wrote well, that. I was going to be an architect was, in another world, but. <laughs> it's very good penmanship. Yeah. And it's like your little bit of your biography right yes. there, yes. all on the front page. Yes, yeah. Um, I even have the record of when I started announcing football in the press box at uh. Rose High School. <laughs> Uh, that's that's going to be a neat something to pass on one day. Well, I hope so. But um, it's just been, you know, it's just a record for me to look back on Duffy and think, look what God has done. Yeah, amen. Look amen. at his yeah. grace to me and his faithfulness and look how he's provided. You know, it is true that he um, providentially cares for his people. Amen. And he providentially provides um, for his people. and. You know, again, the church is evidence of that because yes. it wasn't that we were, you know, any special group of people. Um, God just blessed the the faith and the efforts and the willingness to try to be obedient. And um, through the years, uh, as we added people, um, we added more facility. And so we added a fellowship hall. The story of the fellowship hall is kind of a unique story. Uh, I had gotten word that uh, there was a church, Poetry Baptist Church, over between Tyrrell and Rockwall. They were giving away a, a, a parsonage, their sanctuary, and their fellowship hall because they were going all new facility. Oh, wow. And um, I had gotten the message that yeah, all you had to do is come over and tell them that you wanted it. And if you wanted it, you hauled it off, but they'd give it to you. No sale. You take it. So I went over there, and I wanted the, I wanted the floorboards out of that sanctuary. Oh, because, that would have been neat. Oh, they would have been beautiful in a house. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. But um, I, I didn't take the sanctuary, um, but I said, I want this fellowship hall. It's about a 40 by 60 building, old building that been in the fifth, been built in the 50s. And I said, I would like that and the five-bedroom parsonage. And so they said, okay. And uh, there's a mover here uh, in the town next to his point. And I went and talked to him. And he and I were friends and had known each other. And uh, I said, Johnny, if you will go over there and get that 40 by 60 building, bring it to the church, set it up for me, I'll give you the parsonage free. And he's a house mover. And so he moves houses and sells them. So... It was a deal for him. So he got a deal, and the church got a deal. That's right. Did you end up paying a dime? Not a dime. Oh, my word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is cool. Yeah. Uh, that's called wheeling and dealing, uh, yes. right? Right. Putting those, those deals on wheels and bringing right. them over here. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's we, awesome, though. We had, um, it, wow. we had just recently had built the building. It was mm. about three years old, and... Um, and we had received a lot of compliments. And again, this is to God's credit and glory. We had received a lot of compliments on, on the building and, and starting sort of a, a building trend in Emory, hmm. um, which I was um, not, you know, obviously not even thinking about or aware of. But anyway, that's what happened. And God gets the glory for that. But we put that old 40 by 60 white clapboard building next to this beautiful building. And you should have heard the complaints that came from the community. Oh, man, I took so much grief. They're like, 
what are you doing? Because it took several years for us to get the money to, to then fix remodel. It up and remodel, yeah. Yes. So it was just sitting here. It was it and it was a wreck. It was a <laughs> total wreck. I mean, it was a disastrous. Oh man. Um, inside there was it was just had to be completely yeah, gutted. Yeah. Um, the back side of it, where it had attached to the sanctuary, um, was just an open, big open case uh, where they just moved it. They just picked it up and moved it. And what was hanging over that was a tarp for years, just a tarp. It was just oh, a man. pile of junk. Well, I'll tell you this. On the other side, now, from my perspective, it's a beautiful building. It's really nice in there. Yeah, so, yeah. Well done. Well, you know, God yeah, is good. <laughs> he is. Again, he gets the credit. He provided yep, the yep. the finances for that. It took um, um, a lot of manpower, a lot of the volunteer work for the church that did it. Um, but we uh, we have used that building for many things. It's too small now. We really can't use it for church wide events. Yeah. It's. Um, it's just gotten where there's not uh, any elbow room in there. We're actually trying to, to as you know, remodel that uh, and create some we're, space. We're making plans right now. Yes, we are. We are. We've maxed out our space right now. Yes, and that is again a testament to God's faithfulness. Yes. So talk to me real quickly. Let's kind of look back at this timeline. About what year are we looking at? Whenever this new building came, um, you know, we're we've you've got this deal of a. A fellowship hall, and what about what years are we looking at? Um, that was about 2007. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so when you first got it? Mm-hmm. So about 2010-ish was when it was finished? No. Um, or eight I, or nine? Yeah, or? I think it was 2009 when that was, um, when, when it was actually completed. Um, I'd have to double check on the dates on that, but um, the, the process of you know trying to remodel it where it was in a usable condition um i think we started that in 2007 so that by um 2009 or so um it was it was done or i'll tell you i I, i'm pretty sure that's correct we could spend all day trying to sure sure i just was curious about a ballpark yeah yeah i think that's about 2000 so you had been here not quite 10 years, but getting close to the 10-year mark when that was finished. Right. Okay. Right. Um, oh, I just looked at it. It's 2008. April the 6th, 2008, the church dedicated the completed fellowship hall with a church-wide Thanksgiving and celebration fellowship. Cool. So, just like good old Baptist, you got to eat and right, celebrate. Right. <laughs> That's on, great. On May the 18th of that same year, we celebrated our 10-year anniversary. Okay. All yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. That's right. I'd been here uh, for eight of those eight 10 of years. Those 10. Yes, yep. yes. Uh, again, we celebrated that particular anniversary with um, remembrances of God's faithfulness and uh, pictures and testimonies and those kinds of things. Normally what you do, you know, on an sure. anniversary celebration. Through the years, we've had some... Um, Different people um, come on staff, and a lot of those people have been bivocational. Uh, Tiny Jones, Jim Jones's wife, we, we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast uh, episode, was um, the music leader for most of that time. Sometimes there were other people um, 
and uh, at one point Tiny was diagnosed with uh, cancer and had double mastectomy and was out for a while and so we had different people different time we had uh, Randy and Debbie Fair's son Jeff Fair Randy and Debbie some of the listeners who are longtime members of the congregation will remember um, my friend Randy and Debbie Fair they sang at Stacy and I's wedding and I watched their children go up grow up and uh, their son um, Jeff uh, was here for about 18 months and did a phenomenal job of worship and music, um, uh, worship and youth, I'm sorry. A um, lot of the people were, um, that we were doing um, Awanas, we, if you're familiar with Awana. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah, I'm an, I was an Awana kid okay. uh, way back. Uh, yes, uh, yeah. so we Awana. had a lot of people involved yeah. with Awana through those years. Yep. We had... Um, we did. We used to do. We've done Sunday school or Bible studies all over the town. We've done them at the library. We've done it at the Rose Community Center, the Heritage Center. We've done Bible study in houses. We've done it at Sister Plumbing next door. Um, we we've um, tried to find any available space that we could through the years because um, the facility wasn't big enough. Um, we did youth ministry at the fairgrounds wow. for several years. Wow. And um, it just, it was open air. I mean, it was 70, 80 kids. It was unbelievable. Wow. Wow. And even Awana was, you know, 50, 60 kids. Um, Just, and again, God just added to the church and added to the um, um, people that were being baptized. We we didn't build a a baptistry into the original building. We would baptizing hot tubs and swimming pools and in the backyard it was always a big church-wide event whoever's got a bucket of water yeah yeah <laughs> if we can get you under we're gonna baptize you <laughs> we're that's not gonna great. pour it over you but we'll get you under <laughs> oh man, that's good uh, yeah um, all right one of the things that happened in 2016 um we were beginning to realize again we, we don't have enough space so we want to build another building we had a single day in which $91,000 was pledged or given wow. for the building of a, a new educational one space. One day. One day. That's incredible. Uh, yeah. yeah. It was um, just a wonderful, again, time of, of witnessing God's goodness and faithfulness. Yeah. Wow. Praise we've also Lord. had through the years um, people that we've ordained um, and that we've been involved with for ministry. A man by the name of Henry Wade was one of the first um, that we ordained. Cool. He was a, a black gentleman that lived in the community, and he was a special person to the congregation. And uh, Darren Brummett, um, Timmy Stone, um, Jared Haygood, um, Kyle Slaymaker. Some of you probably recognize those names. Yeah, you know, These are wow. uh, people that we've ordained through the years, the, the gospel ministry, uh, um, and um, I didn't realize that Jared was ordained to the ministry here. Yeah, well, he was ordained to the eldership. Yeah, so he oh, was. Oh, I see. When yes. he was made an elder, we ordained him. I yes. see. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's been uh, people who uh, have come and gone who have been very special. I think of um, people like John Brown and um, Mickey McIntosh and. Um, Paul McMurrow, these, these are men that, uh, and others, 
would be um, just a special um, encouragement and help to me through the years. Mm. Um, and all three of those men that I mentioned by name have died uh, from cancer. Paul actually with COVID, but the uh, the loss of those kinds of men, those kinds of people, have um, been hard. And uh, sure, yeah. you know they've been uh, losses that we felt even today to some degree. Yeah, um, there've been people that we have um, watched come and go. Uh, and that's one of the sad things yeah. about um, being long-term in the same church. Um, you see people that you love and become close to and have a relationship leave for various reasons. and mm-hmm. um, People that you wish would stay, and, yeah. and uh, those are the, the difficult times. Sure, of course. Yeah. It's been difficult days. Uh, you know, it's not all been uh, rosy and good. There's been sad days and days of hardship and uh, days of hard decisions, church discipline cases. We won't have to rehearse those name by name and uh, situation by situation, but those are always difficult for a church to to get to the point where um, they're basically uh, declaring that another is, is no longer one of them because they have refused to repent. Yeah. And you tried to pursue them, and you tried to love them back, and they have been unwilling to the. Now you, following scripture, get to the point where they're no longer named as one of you. They've proven themselves to be not part of the flock. Yes, yeah. those are difficult days, and sure. um, we've had. Um, I remember um, one situation in which there was a church discipline case and we had guests in the service that morning and I would not recommend this this is not the model for this but um, we did this on a Sunday morning Mm. and um, we had guests in the service that morning Uh, but I went ahead and did it and um, there were out of the three guests that were there that morning two of them stood up at the end of the service and said, we've never seen this. This is wonderful. How, what are y'all doing? And <laughs> asking questions and just gave testimony to the faithfulness of God wow. for a congregation that would try to be biblical and uh, try to do it in a way in which God's word is honored. And so that was a, a special occasion um, in which, again, I wouldn't recommend doing it on Sunday morning, but it was special in the what God had said was being honored. So even in a case of really the most dreaded situation of a pastor's life is to go to the full length of church discipline. Yes. I don't think any pastor in his right mind would ever say, "This is." I look forward to this day, right? Right. So even in that sense, God still used a case of church discipline to bless some visitors to the church. <laughs> yes. How yeah. incredible is right. that? Yes. <laughs> And, Almost uh, hard to believe, but that's amazing. Well, I mean, in one way, yes, it is hard to believe. But in another way, when you recognize that yeah. he's just honoring his word, you know, it wasn't it wasn't Jason Rowland. It wasn't Believer's Baptist Church. It was his word. If you do it this way, this is what happens. You this know? is the best way. Yes. Because it's my way. Right. Right. But they are difficult days, yeah, you know. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Um, and I'm sure even, I, I know this isn't about, this episode is not specifically about your specific ministry here, but right. you've been here for many years. And so in a lot of ways, Believer's Baptist Church's history uh, is your history and, and a lot of overlap yes, there. Yes. And so um, I know that you personally have, you, you, the church has come through ebbs and flows and influxes of, of new members and then people leave and things like that. But you have been at the helm for a lot of those and those that you carry with you uh, the memories of, you just were talking about this and you carry with you the memories of names and faces and relationships Mm -hmm. um, that impacted this church. And now they're gone. They're either not necessarily the ones that have passed on, but really the ones who've left. Mm -hmm. Um, And you you and I have spoken about that before. And those are really difficult. They really are. Um, When you, when you've, pour into somebody and love someone uh, as their pastor and care for them, shepherd them as best of your ability. And uh, so I don't want this to be, you know, uh, super emotional, but there, there is a level of you've, you, you've shared personally in the history of this church almost from its inception. Mm -hmm. So that's really special. Mm -hmm. Well, there's, there's some wonderful things about a long-term pastor that, uh, probably ought to go mention, and, and one of those is you, you intimately get to walk with your people through life. You know, I mean, I've been with the long-term members through all different stages of their life, from hospitalizations to cancer to births to marriages to funerals to um, graduations, you the know, the same people, the same people. Yeah. Which that's unique. Mm-hmm. You know, not, not many pastors. I mean, I would say maybe a hundred years ago, 60, 80, hundred years ago, 200 years ago, that was more common. Mm-hmm. But in the last couple of generations that has, lo- that's been lost with the mm-hmm. long pastorates mm-hmm. of one man in a pulpit for 35, 40 years or, right. you know, in the same pulpit. Right. I think the average stay, at least in Southern Baptist life or evangelical, is like two and a half, three years. Um, and the average youth pastor stay, I think, is 18 months, right. which obviously is not what we're talking about, but it's even less than that, right. <laughs> which is yeah. so, so yeah. unfortunate. You know, you, you learn um, to, um, there's things that you learn to stand and, and fight for. Yeah. Um, the church is gracious because... You want your pastor, you want your elders to be growing. And if they're growing, they're probably changing. They're, th- they're changing theologically. They're, th- they're changing in their understanding of the scripture. They're changing in their understanding of worship, for example. And so um, those, those can be difficult sometimes. And there's, uh, you know, tension and there's uh, a little bit of a strife as you try to uh, work through yourself as you change, but then the congregation has to change with you. And uh, that I think that comes um, with a congregation long-term uh, as you've been here year after year, consistent. There's trust. There's trust that is built, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Which is not, that trust is not built on uh, charisma. That's built on life in the trenches right (laughs) (laughs) it's not trust built upon you know a stud pastor being there for a year or two years you know 
That's you living life with them. Right. And, right. You know, those types of things. It's showing up at the emergency room. It's yeah. being there on yeah. scene at the accident. It's, you know, being there when at the graveside. Uh, yeah. It's being there at the bedside. It, those kinds of things. And those are the things that I enjoy most about pastoring. I, I, I think that I have some ability to do administration and and yes it's a yellow legal pad and ever sharp pencil <laughs> but that's the way i do it <laughs> and, if it ain't broke you don't gotta uh, fix it right um but but you know most of my time now is administration it's planning for the next event or the next class or the next sermon series or where we're going with um um, the eldership, what we're doing with an architect on a new building, what we're doing, you know, with a counseling ministry. It's it's those things. And uh, since COVID, hospital visits, operations. Um, totally changed. Totally changed. That entire world is gone, really. Yes. That, that whole, uh, there is a, there's literally a pre-COVID uh, pastor's world that's yes. gone now. Right. Now it, you kind of got to relearn. or. Yes. <laughs> morph i guess right and i lived that life i lived you know where half the week was in the hospital or a nursing home or in a home um and it's no longer that way most of my time is in an office you know uh, doing administrative stuff to the point where it's really hard for me to have to uh, make time to study like i should and I, I don't do as well as I should at, at times, you know, depending on the week and the day. Um, you know, there, there's so many good things about being long-term. And you, you get yeah. to see uh, some of the, the people in, that were in your youth group having babies and raising their own children and to see those children come to Saving Faith and be able to be a part of the, their baptism. I mean, those are things that are rewarding and helpful. Yeah. Um, and again, it, it's all because of God's faithfulness. Because I, I'm no better than anybody else. But but just by His grace, He's let me stay here. He's yeah. blessed the church. He's given the the church a love for me. And uh, I'll tell you, one of the things that is really good is um, the longer you stay, the more confessional you can be, personally confessional, and mm. that you can say, "Hey, church." I was really stupid here. You know, I I really yes. blew it. Yes. Um, can yeah. you can you give me grace? I'm, I ask you to forgive me. Yeah. You know, uh, that that's a good place to be. That is a good place to be. Yeah. That's right. Um, and uh, anyway, uh, it's just been a long history of of um, what God has done. I'm thankful for you being on staff here. I'm thankful for the work that you do. I'm thankful for the work that all of our elders do. We had that two-hour elder meeting this great, morning. Great meeting today. It was a great meeting today. Very productive. Uh, just a, That is a testament to God's faithfulness, it too. It is. It is. Uh, how many? Six? Six men in here? Yes. Being able to talk about the church's business, moving forward, lots of things. Yes. And we're able to discuss it. Uh, even that uh, is a grace of God that yes. we can walk away as brothers. And, you know, that, I'm just thankful for that even by yeah, itself. Yeah, me too. I'm thankful for Kyle Slaymaker, who handles a lot of the uh, elder administrative uh, duties and financial 
piece. Uh, Kent uh, Larson helps him with that. He's the sort of the elder statesman. He's got some experience and some wisdom that we can tap into. And uh, Jared Haygood and all that Jared does. And Jared was really the first full-time staff member. He came out in 2017. Uh, I believe that's right, 2017. Um, and uh, so you were the church's first full-time pastor, right? And then Jared Haygood would have been the first full-time staff member. That's right. Fascinating. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Those are mile markers, man. They are. Yeah. Put the flag in the ground, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, historical marker here, right? Right. <laughs> and Jared has been such a blessing and a oh, help and man. he's got some gifts that, yes. that really have been what a blessing beneficial to the church. To the church. Yeah. And Whitney, his wife, has been uh, just as uh, important in all of the work that she's done. In fact, all of the elders' wives have been just phenomenal. Patrick uh, Covington, um, he's the youngest of the elders. He's even younger than you. <laughs> and, yeah, but uh, he's got a way better beard than me. <laughs> he, he does. <laughs> he's, he's got me there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I'm thankful for his wisdom, his um, his theologically sound his yes. character yes he's an old man at heart he really he is. really he's a seasoned old dude at yeah. heart I, I see that in him it cracks yeah. me up yeah yeah um well get, jason we've we're at the 40 minute mark right and we probably ought to shut it down let's yeah I, i'm sure that we've lost half of our listeners at this point <laughs> right talking about the history of the church right <laughs> <laughs> okay so let's capstone this episode this is an episode we have been recounting uh, reminiscing, um, you've been walking us through the history of Believers Baptist Church um, for the last 25 years, and I, this it might be a little bit of a curveball, but just let's 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 dream just a minute. In 25 years, what do you see? Uh, and, and this would be the halfway mark and the 50-year mark at the 50th anniversary. What do you think will be? Do you see the church still here? <laughs> I, by God's grace, yes. You know, I actually, if you let me just um, back it up just a little oh, bit. Okay, sure, sure. And not do fifty years, but okay. um, I'm looking at the next twelve. Okay. And the next twelve will be thirty-five years here, wow. and fifty full-time vocational ministry. Wow. Um, and then we'll see what happens okay. there. The I'm tr- going to have to pull my pranks out on that. On that. That's going to be a big day. For <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm teasing. <laughs> um, if, if God by his grace um, continues to, to um, grow you young, you younger men in the, the life of the church and um, build into the church, the same kind of relationships that I have with the people and they build their relationships around your life and you around them and there's trust uh i'm very comfortable to leave the church with all of you um the young men uh, including you and you know i don't know what god's going to do in the next 12 years of course you know but but that's the dialogue that i have with stacy it's neat to think about though yeah yeah Yeah. 35 years in one church would be a phenomenal thing. What a gift. What yes. a what a blessing to my life. Yes. Uh, it would be a phenomenal thing for me and, and for Stacy and just to have served um, with the people here and yeah. uh, worshiped and learned and loved and hurt together. Um, and then to have the confidence to to leave that 
And I would, I don't think I'll ever get to the point where I'll just quit and, you know, just go pick up seashells on the seashore. <laughs> but I will. You could pick up metal detecting. I think that that's yeah. something that people pick up after they quit right. doing whatever they used to do. Right. <laughs> but but to, to, um, to not be yeah. involved in, uh, in the daily grind. Sure. And, uh, you know, the, the, the meetings. I mean, I enjoy the fellowship with the, like the two-hour elder meeting that we have. And I, I enjoy our staff meetings. You know, I think those are important. But um, to not have to set those agendas, not have to think about those things, and not have to look at the calendar and, oh, we can't do that here. And You'll never not look at the calendar. I know you already too well for that. <laughs> well, you may be you right. You love your calendar. Yeah, I won't be dictating the calendar for uh, all of us. <laughs> Uh, oh man, that's that's yeah, yeah. that's good. I, I mean, I just want to get to the end of that fifty years and that thirty-five years. You 50 know, fifty years of vocational ministry. Wow, twelve more years, and then I'll have fifty. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, and if if the Lord would be gracious enough to yeah. to keep me and sustain me, and because I'm just as weak and frail as yeah. anybody, and just as big a sinner as. Uh, everybody, I can say with the Apostle Paul, I'm the chief of sinners. So it's not because I've deserved it or earned it. It's not because I'm better. It's just uh, by God's grace. All of it's by God's grace. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good place to end the episode. Jason, thank you for walking us through that. I hope that one day in the next decade or so, someone may pick this episode up and listen to this and be blessed by it. It may not have the impact today, but I hope that, that we recorded this today and someone later on down the line, maybe a pastor later on down the line in uh, BBC's history, further right. in the future, will listen to this and be blessed by it. Amen. Um, Amen. Or something like that. Yes. May the Lord use this episode greatly. Right. Even, even the current membership now, if they Amen. are able to listen to this episode, yes. maybe it would just help us all. Uh, to recognize and remember God's faithfulness. As we come to this anniversary weekend, yeah. isn't that our prayer? That that we recognize what God has done. And it's not about Jason Rowland. It's not about, uh, you know, Jim Jones and Believer's Baptist Church. And, you know, it's just about uh, God is so good t- to is. his people. He is. And he deserves worship and praise and, and honor for that. And that's all we could hope for for this episode and the podcast in general. That's why we exist as a podcast, to bring glory to God. Amen. Well, that's it for today's episode. Thank you once again for taking your time today to listen to the Asking for a Friend podcast. We surely hope it's been a blessing to you. Don't forget, though, before you go, take a moment to like and share the podcast with someone you think can listen to it. Uh, take, uh, share it through your email, maybe text message, through social media, however you share your media. Uh, we'd appreciate it if you pass these along to others. Um, finally, there is a uh, place on our website, bbcemory.org, on the media tab. You can submit a question to us. Uh, we can, would consider it for a future podcast episode. But as usual, until next time, grace and peace be with you all.